That's so on brand for you. So on brand. Yep, very on brand. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's So On Brand podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Mann. I'm a graphic designer and business coach, and I am endlessly fascinated by other people's passions. It's our passions that make us unique, relatable, and people that others want to work with and get to know. I'm on a mission to get people thinking about their story and how their life experiences have molded them into the entrepreneur, athlete, or professional that they are today. You may not be for everyone, but you are most definitely a person that someone out there needs right now. So join me every Wednesday to hear from aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners and see just how unique, authentic, and inspiring each person's journey is. So let's get into it. Welcome, everyone. I am super excited to have Sarah with me on my podcast. Hey, Sarah. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. We are recording this the day before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Um, This will come out much after this, but I feel like I'm starting to slow down. I don't know about you, but I'm taking Friday off too. So I'm really excited about that. <laughs> yes. I, this is my first four day weekend in a very long time. So good to, to a little bit of a break. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, you deserve it. Absolutely. So awesome. Well, I'm super excited to have you on. Thank you again. Thank uh, you. Let's start with what, what do you do? Tell us what you do. Sure. So my name is Sarah Lovell. Um, and I am an executive function coach. Um, and oftentimes I say that and people have no idea what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely Um, (laughs) didn't. Um, so executive functioning, um, are skills that we use every single day in our lives. Um, so time management, organizing, prioritizing, starting tasks, finishing tasks, problem solving, flexible thinking. Yeah. Those types of like high level skills that we use every single day. Um, those are skills that we learn over time. And sometimes people have challenges navigating those pieces of their day and of their lives. Um, and so I work with clients to identify their strengths, um, what's going well, and build on those and also come up with some strategies and ways to navigate um, those skills in order to reach their goals. So whether it's academic, career, um, or personal, um, we're we're using those executive function skills every single day. Um, So I help people strengthen those to reach their goals um, across a variety of different, different ways. Awesome. Yeah. And like you said, a lot of people probably like, what are those? But like you said, we use those all the time. And I would consider my executive functioning skills to be like pretty good. I'm sure there's lots of things that I can improve on. Like everyone can always improve on things, but since getting to know you and working with you, I've started to notice other people in my life where I'm like, oh, you could definitely use help with this, this stuff. And especially reading like your content on social media I'm always sharing it because I'm like, Mm -hmm. I think you could maybe use help with this or maybe you should reach out to Sarah. So just goes to show that a lot of us have these businesses that might not be as like obvious in Mm -hmm. like when you first hear about them, but then you get to know the person and you get to know their content and you're like, wow, this is actually super important. So I would definitely put you in that category. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think we don't talk about executive function skills enough. I think there's this idea that executive functioning is only for kids or only for students, like study skills, academic skills. I think often there's a lot, a lot of focus on it because that's when we are learning those skills typically is in school, managing our time, prioritizing homework assignments, those types of things. But um, so I do work with students. I work with high school students and college students. Um, but those skills are things that we use every single day, whether it's at work, um, planning our schedule, organizing meetings, sending emails, like the how we basically do our jobs is executive functioning, um, right. but also like day-to-day -day life. Like I talk a lot with clients about their hobbies, self-care, things that they want to be doing, um, but might be having a hard time navigating how to fit it in or how to organize it, prioritize it, those types of things. Um, I mean, I have a couple of clients who we talk about like their hobby of doing art or hiking, getting out and doing those things and how much planning is involved to do that. Um, and so oftentimes I do talk about work and school with clients, but self-care and hobbies are also involve our executive functioning. Um, and those are important pieces of life to be able to, to prioritize. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of us think about investing money and time into these resources for our business and work life, but we don't automatically think that it's as important when we're thinking about self-care in our personal life. So I'm glad that you brought that up. That's, that's super important. Yeah. I think I view self-care as like the foundation of everything. If we're not taking care of ourselves, um, then it's harder to do everything else that we need to do or want to do. Um, and so even though coaching is not therapy or counseling, I do talk with clients a lot about um, how do you, what, what do you need to do to take care of yourself? How do you fit that in? Um, and, and how do you prioritize that so that you can do all the other things that, that are in your life? Awesome. Yeah. And we'll definitely talk more about that. I'm sure as, as the podcast goes on, I want to ask you about your social media handle and why you chose that name. Because for me, that's like, I don't know. But you also have a business name, right? So let's yeah, talk about both of those things together. Yeah. So my like business name, like if you Google, it's just, it's my name, Sarah Level, and then academic career and executive function coach. Oh, uh, that's um, what it stands for. Yeah. Okay. So my website is my ACE coach, academic career, executive right. function coach. Um, and then my Instagram handle is different. Um, and part of that was me navigating, how do I start a business? Um, Absolutely. And so my Instagram handle is executive functioning first. Um, and for me, as I've kind of mentioned, like executive functioning is a huge piece of our lives every day. Like it's something that, that we're doing all the time or maybe having challenges with, um, but we don't talk about. And so I wanted to kind of put that first executive functioning first. Um, even though I do talk about self-care coming first, um, <laughs> all related. It, it, it's a big circle. It requires executive functioning to do self-care. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so my, my Instagram really focuses on, um, those two things. It focuses on like, what is executive functioning? Why should we be talking about it? How do you see it in your daily life? Um, and self-care, um, like those are my, my two big things. Um, and again, like they're so intertwined, like I think it's impossible to talk about one without the other. Um, yeah, I love that. 
And what is your thought process behind like the visual style of your posts and your marketing collateral? And I've worked with you a little on this, but you have been, (laughs) yes, working with you has been the best decision I could have ever made. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of your help and guidance on that. Yeah. I started my Instagram, I think in like 2019, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I had a personal Instagram and I thought like, oh, I guess businesses have Instagram. So I'll just make one and kind of post things. But I never thought I would have an actual like community or audience. I yeah, never you have a pretty big following. I think your following is like bigger than mine, which is great. Yeah, yeah. It's and I think it's it's more about for me, like the numbers are definitely like a boost, but it's more about the engagement. And I feel Absolutely. like it's kind of a weird, I feel like I've gotten to know some of the people that follow me in terms of Absolutely. our interactions and things like that. Um but yeah, so I created the Instagram just because I was like, I think businesses have Instagrams. Um, and I never, <laughs> and I never thought I would get clients from it. Like I was like, this will just be my presence before I make a website. Um, I do not have a business background if that is not already clear, <laughs> but, um, so I just started playing around with Canva. Um, I've also never done any graphic design or any art really. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I put a lot of time into just playing around, trying different things out. Um, and then when I connected with you, I was able to really grow and learn about like visual imagery and like icons and how to make different posts and all these things that I had seen other people doing on Instagram and kind of aspired to, but had never, um, tried for myself. So I think working with you, working with a a coach, um, helped me not only learn concrete strategies, but also kind of go outside my comfort zone, which I think is what coaches are here for. Um, and so I help my clients with that in a different way and being able to be on the other side of that, working with you, um, was just so amazing, um, to kind of go through that process and learn and, get that push on, you know, try something different, um, try a different infographic, try different messaging. Um, and so I think as I learned about that and kind of pushed myself out of my comfort zone with Canva and, um, just design, I connected even more with my audience, which again, like I never would have thought possible when I first started my Instagram. Yeah. And when you first came to me and we talked about joining the boot camp, I remember looking at your Instagram being like, this is beautiful. Like you have such a good eye for like clean, simple design that is legible and straight to the point. And I think that speaks to how you, how well, you know, your audience, um, because something that I think is interesting is you always talk about how your audience, usually they like um, carousels. They like all the information in the image and they Mm -hmm. don't tend to read captions. And for me, I am like the queen of writing these crazy long stories in my captions. Mm -hmm. And for you, it's, it's so good that you know your audience and you're like, no, I'm going to make sure that it's all on the carousel because I know them and I know that's how they're going to consume the content best. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, um, being able to see other, other accounts on Instagram, how different people create posts has been a a huge learning opportunity for me. Um, yeah, my, the audience that, that I have on Instagram, um, 
a lot of my clients are, have ADHD, not all of them do, um, but individuals with ADHD often have executive function challenges. Um, and so knowing what people's strengths are, what people's, um, how people kind of navigate information or how quickly people consume social media. Um, I think for my, for my audience, it needs to be quick uh, to the point um, and attention grabbing up front. Um, and then kind of more of the content can be, be in the carousel or be in the caption. But um, that definitely took me time to, to learn um, as I created right. different posts. Right. And I think a lot of us don't really pay attention to that as much as we should. So just a reminder to everyone listening <laughs> to, to think about your audience, even if something looks really pretty or like I see a lot of people, they, they send me things and they're like, does this look good? And it's like all written in script font. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you can have like one or two words that are in script, but usually it's not really legible. So even if it looks good, you always have to put legibility first, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause especially I think for anyone on Instagram, like we're scrolling so quickly. <laughs> yes. Um, like our attention spans have changed with, with how we consume information. Um, so definitely the too long didn't read, um, yep. is, <laughs> is helpful <laughs> to summarize, like, what is the main idea here? Um, and then if somebody is feeling really connected with it, that they can dive deeper into what are you saying and how can this information connect with me? Yeah. I think that's a really good point. So I'm interested in the trajectory of events that led you to be an executive functioning, functioning coach of all things. Oh my gosh, what a journey. <laughs> um, so I never thought that this would be a job. You didn't dream about doing this as a No, kid? no. I <laughs> no, I did not know this was a job. Um, right. <laughs> um, so I went to college um, undergrad for psychology. Um, and my I love learning. Um, and I love learning about how we learn and how we think. And so psychology was kind of a, a natural pick for me. It's a very broad field, um, which I also liked because I'm a pretty indecisive person, um, <laughs> in that I like being able to change and I like being yeah. able to like have, have different options. options yeah. yeah. Um, so I always thought that I would go into some sort of a, profession where I was working directly with people, whether it was a teacher or a counselor, therapist. Um, uh, for a while, I thought PhD researcher. Um, and so I kind of had all of those different trajectories lined up um, from undergrad. And um, I did do research for a while after college, um, because I, I, at that point, I was thinking PhD, clinical, uh, clinical psych. Um, and while I was doing that, I was living in Boston, which is very expensive. Yep. And so I needed, I needed a part-time job on top of my full-time research job. And, um, so I was just kind of, I came across this position, um, working as a coach for adults living with, um, Asperger's or high functioning autism. And so that's how I initially first connected with coaching. And I thought that would be a good way for me to see, you know, if I like working with people one-on-one, -on -one. again, I was thinking more of a clinical track at that time. Um, but I really liked the concreteness of coaching. 
um, being able to kind of look at what are your goals? What are your big picture goals um, related to academics, career, your personal goals, your day-to-day goals? How do we break those down into smaller steps? How do we like keep track of the progress that you're making? So I did that through an agency with an agency in Boston and really just loved, loved that concrete coaching work that I was doing. Um, and so that helped me decide, okay, I don't research research is great, but it's not the direction that I actually want to go. Um, so I got my master's in social work, um, thinking that I would want to go into therapy counseling again, that clinical piece of connecting Mm -hmm. with people. Um, and I did do that for, um, many years, uh, working with adults living with brain injuries, um, which was my, my dream job. Um, it, it's still a community that I'm connected. I have lots of jobs, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) we all do. (laughs) Yeah. But I, so while I was doing that, I still continued coaching with the agency. Um, and then I was in grad school living in Boston, still needing more jobs. Um, so I found, I found a posting for like a private, um, like academic coaching skills job that was just posted through BU, um, to work with a college student. And so that was my first private client. Um, I applied, met with the family. They based, I, at that point didn't have a name for what I was doing. Like I was just applying to basically help. <laughs> I'm Sarah. Hello. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'm Sarah and I can help your college student navigate college. Um, and so I worked with that student for three years until he graduated. Um, and that was my first like official side hustle private gig. And I get like, I just happened to find the job posting for it. Um, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One little thing. And so I, from there, I was like, this is something that I really enjoy doing. This is, this is a, this is, I want to continue doing this. So I, at that point, had a couple of of referrals from that family um, and started just having word of mouth clients. Again, I had no website. I had no business. (laughs) Like I was just, um, just kind of word of mouth and did that for a couple of years until 2019 when I realized like, I want to make this more of an official side hustle as we call Mm -hmm. them. (laughs) Um, and so I was still working full-time as a social worker. Um, and just in the evenings started learning how to make a website and how to, you know, do the businessy stuff. Um, and then kind of fast forward to COVID. Um, and I had a few private clients, um, my whole life had switched to zoom as it did for many of us. Um, and I just really started connecting with my Instagram community more. Um, the website was up and running at that point. Um, and more and more people were looking for help and guidance and support around navigating their goals. Um, and so that's where it really kind of took off. And I realized this is something that I can actually grow into more than a side hustle. Mm -hmm. Um, this can be a career for me. Um, so I still do social work part, part time. Um, but coaching has become, it has shifted, it has shifted. The shift happened over the summer. 
Um, because I think like, it's nice to have kind of two different hats that I wear, um, with social work. It is a, it is a counseling position. It is a mental health position. Um, but with coaching, it's very concrete and I'm very clear with all of my clients on how coaching is different than therapy or counseling, even though I do have that background. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it has been a wild ride. Um, totally unexpected, but really exciting. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to continue to grow my business. I get to meet the most amazing people through coaching. And I think Instagram and social media has really allowed me to just connect with people from all over. Like I never would have assumed that I'd be working with people on the West coast or, um, I had somebody reach out from the UK a while ago, just crazy stuff. But um, yeah, so that's, that's a long winded answer of how I got into coaching. Well, a few things. The first thing that I love is that you kept saying, I didn't have a business. I didn't have a name. I didn't have like marketing materials. I didn't have any of this stuff because a lot of people think that in order to start a business or start a side hustle or just take action at all, they have to have things in place. Whereas the, the most people that I talk to um, who are entrepreneurs, they've all admitted, they're like, I don't know what the heck I was doing. I was winging it and I didn't have an LLC. I didn't have like any of these things set up. I was just going for it. So I want to make that point like very clear with people that you do not have to have everything perfectly in place. At no, all. just start, just start. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like the best piece of advice that that I was given and that I've heard other people say and that I would say to anybody else who's thinking about starting a business or or growing their side hustle would be to just start um and my I'm very transparent with all of my clients that like I do not have a business background um and I think that's my biggest challenge and area for growth is learning about business. Same here. Um, but I like, I love the work that I do. I love coaching. I love being able to meet with people. And so I know that that's my strength and that's where, you know, I want to be able to do more of that. And so in order to do that, you just kind of have to jump in um, yeah. and be uncomfortable with the, or be comfortable with the uncomfortable yeah. And learning as you go is really very normal in this industry. Yeah. And I also love what you said about coaching. You're being connected to people that you never thought you would be connected to, because that was one of my main things that I wanted out of owning my own business. I wanted flexibility and all that good stuff, but I also wanted the freedom to work with so many different businesses and different clients and different industries that I probably wouldn't be able to do unless maybe I was at an agency that does a wide range of things. But I, I love that you brought that up because a lot of people don't even consider that as a benefit of entrepreneurship, but it is and coaching too. Yeah. I have, again, like previously I, when I started coaching, I was only working with adults um, who had been diagnosed with autism or Asperger's. And so that's a very niche group of people. Um, and being able to expand, cause I recognized like the work that I'm doing with these clients is broader than this group of people. Right. Um, like this is something that I could be doing with, 
um, you know, students I could be doing with people who don't have any diagnoses or don't identify with, with a diagnosis or a label. Um, but that this is something that if somebody wants to work on their goals and has identified that this is something they're open to, um, that I've, that I've been able to really meet lots of, lots of different people and people that I never would have thought, um, that I would have worked with. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point to, to bring up. I love that. So my next question Mm -hmm. is about pet peeves and strong opinions. So I'm curious what your pet peeves are in your industry or in the coaching industry up to you, how, how you want to answer it. Yeah. So I think, I think one of my pet peeves that I have about coaching and specifically social media, Instagram is the only social media I use right now, but, um, that I see a lot on Instagram that I, I don't know, annoys me is when people say that they have found the one thing that will solve mm-hmm. your problem. Um, whether it's related to executive functioning or, you know, time management, prioritize like procrastination. I think it's really helpful to put out information around like, here are some strategies or here are some ideas. But my pet peeve is when somebody is like, I have found the one life hack that will solve your problem, everyone's problem. (laughs) It's like, no, there's not one way to stop procrastinating. Like that's, that is not a real, but it's like that clickbait, you know, of like, this person has solved their, their problem and they're going to solve mine too. Um, So I think that's my biggest pet peeve in the coaching world is when people say like they have the one solution or this worked for me. So it'll definitely work for you too. Um, I think that is kind of like a, a toxic thing on social media. Um, I've definitely put out resources and ideas, but I would never say that like, this is the one thing um, that will solve. It's more about how you how you frame things, mm-hmm. and I have the same pet peeve when people create a new program and they're like, "This is going to solve all your problems." I <laughs> I like over communicate usually. I'm like, "This could help you do this," but I, I don't know. I I'm a I'm big on transparency, so I, I feel the same way about that and and the coaching industry in general. I I hate that it doesn't have any regulations which is a good thing because there's not a massive barrier to entry for people who don't have the same resources as other people. So I love that, but it does tend to attract people who want an easy dollar. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's navigating through that is, is kind of tough as a consumer, but also as a coach. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the pieces of that, that I think I have a hard time with is if, like you said, there's no regulation around coaching. Anyone can say that they're a coach in anything, which has its pros and cons. Um, But I think what I see a lot in my industry in terms of executive function coaching is like ADHD coaching. Um, Mm. And so, and that's, that's its own kind of category of coaching. And so people saying, you know, I've experienced this, I've, worked through this, like, let me tell you what's worked for me. Mm -hmm. For some people, I think that can be helpful, but I think there's also a lot of potential challenges with saying like, just because this worked for me, like, doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that it's going to work for you. Um, 
And I think the way that I approach coaching is very much like all of my clients are the experts in themselves. I love that. Um, like I ask a ton of questions. Um, like if somebody's going to work with me, that's the most important thing that they're open to. Like it's self-reflection, like thinking through it's collaborative, but I ask a ton of questions um, because I believe we all know ourselves best. And so I never come to a meeting or, or a coaching session and say like, well, you should definitely try this. Um, I, we, it's, <laughs> it's collaborative. Yeah. Um, and like I do, we brainstorm strategies together and I do have a toolbox of things, but like it's, there's no curriculum or like one size fits all approach to coaching for my, for the way that I coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, a, I have a hard time when I see people saying like, do this one thing, um, just because that's not how, how I coach. And if it works for other people, that is so great. And go work with that, that person, (laughs) if that's what you're looking for. Um, But it's just not my style. No. And I think that you run the risk of making people feel less than or guilty when it doesn't work for them. When in reality, there's nothing wrong with them. They're just different. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not a cookie cutter. There's no one way to to reach your goal or to solve a problem. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So I, this, you're kind of easing into this question almost, but do you have trouble infusing your personal life into your business? And by that, I mean, when you're talking to your clients, Mm -hmm. like in a session, but also on social media and when you're marketing your services. This is such a good question. So that is being able to integrate myself into social media and into work with clients is definitely something that I've had to find the right balance for myself. Um, so my, like I said, my background is social work. And so social workers typically do not disclose anything about themselves in their clinical work. Um, and so that's one hat that I wear Right. As as a coach it's a little bit different. Um, and so I've had to kind of figure out what feels right for me. Um, because I'm not somebody who typically discloses a lot or shares a lot about myself just because of my professional background. Um, but I, that's something that even working in with you and bring brand clarity bootcamp was helping me realize like part of my coaching work is helping people feel comfortable with me and feeling like they can reach out if they've, if we've connected on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, so probably for the first year plus of my Instagram account, it was a faceless account. Like there was (laughs) no person, but like you did, you had no idea who was running that thing. Um, (laughs) like, I don't even think I had my name on it when I first started because I was so boundaried, um, from, right. Well, that's the, yeah. the hat you wore for so long. Exactly. So exactly. Um, but with time I did become more comfortable kind of sharing a little bit about myself on Instagram, um, for anyone who follows me or follows me in the future, you will see Georgia, my dog, yes. um, who, I don't know if she's, if she's picked up any noise in the background, she's home right now, but, um, so I've started, that was how I started sharing a little bit about me was kind of just small bits and pieces of my life. Um, and so being able to share her on my social media, um, I share kind of little bits and pieces about my day to day. 
um, time management, the things that I'm working on. Um, but definitely there's still room for me to grow in my presence on social media. Um, and that's a comfort thing it takes for me. It's taking a little bit of time to feel comfortable on there. Um, and then in my meetings with clients, um, I do share some things with clients about like what's going on. I mean, I think what's so interesting about zoom is you see a piece of someone's life. I mean, oh, right yeah. now you see a, bl- a blank wall because I just, well, you, <laughs> you see my geckos <laughs> gecko, I know, behind I know. me and all my giraffes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, so I think true. when you're, when you're zooming with somebody, like they get to see a piece of your life, um, just in that you're at your home for the most part. Yeah. Um, so, so there is like some conversation around things that are happening or, um, if I'm going to be taking time off or when I was moving, um, I told some clients that, but even then I was like, do I share that I'm <laughs> not available because I'm packing up my life and moving? Right. Um, So I think it's, it's for me, there's, there's some sharing, some talking, um, but I'm not somebody I always tell all my clients, like, this is your hour. Like this is your time. It's for what you want to focus on. Um, and so it really, the highlight is on them. Um, and I will share some thoughts or ideas or, um, strategies obviously as a coach, but it's not ever like this works for me. So you should try it too. Yeah. Um, but I do share like clients have asked me like, well, how do you manage your morning? Um, or how do you prioritize your day? Um, and so I will share like some things that I do, but again, it's with the caveat of like, just because it's something I do doesn't mean that it's something you need to try or that you, right. that, that you should apply to your life. More like using it yeah. as inspiration maybe, or, yeah. you know, it's jogging their memory. It's making them think of something else. It's not mm-hmm. like, this is the one and only way yeah. to reach that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I love, I loved, I loved working with you, um, in, in BCB because, your content around what you offer your clients and your services and all that stuff was so strong. And I think something that you were struggling with was being more like personal and and present on social media, but because your brand is so focused on self-care, I think you do such a good job of balancing both and you will come online. I think it was yesterday, maybe you were like, I've been moving, so I haven't been online. And even just saying that says so much to to your clients, like even bringing up that, you know, you're struggling with self-care or boundaries or um, just balancing everything, even little thing, even little shares like that are important. It doesn't have to be what you're eating that day or, like, you know, like, your biggest dreams and goals, like just the little things are the things that people are going to connect to. So I think you do a really good job of that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's been a, uh, again, like a thing for me to try to figure out what I'm comfortable with. Um, and yeah, I think just sharing even like, oftentimes I'll hop on when I'm taking Georgia out for a walk. Um, but she just joined us. Hello, Georgia. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think like normalizing talking about self-care, I think is huge. Like self-care often, especially on social media can look like 
very different. I, I don't know. I think like it can take, take a bath. Different. You're like, exactly. I, want a bath. I, was, I always give an example of like, I was literally going to say like, take a bubble bath. And it's like, <laughs> yes, that is self-care. That's not self-care. That, I mean, it counts, it counts as self-care, but like, that's not what I'm meaning when I say self-care, like exactly. self-care is the hard work. Um, like self-care is for sure. Oh, you're okay, Georgia. <laughs> Sorry. She's crying in the background. The baby. Um, the baby. Um, self-care is the hard work. Like it's setting boundaries. It's saying no, it's scheduling time for yourself. And if that time for yourself is a bubble bath, then yes, great. That count, like good, that, that counts, that still counts. But when I, I think it, it needs to be bigger than a bubble bath. Like it needs to be a bubble bath is the vehicle. It's not yes. the, the thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think, and self, I think, yeah, self-care just needs to be talked about more. And I think that's, um, that is when I show up on my social media, it usually is about like, what am I, am I going for a walk? Or I will come on and say, I haven't been on social media. Right. Um, and so normalizing that, I think, and, and encouraging people to, to focus on their own self-care. Absolutely. So what is one of the biggest struggles that you faced in starting a business and you can talk about something you're struggling with now or mm. something that you had struggled with as you were getting it up and running. Yeah. Starting the business. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> All of the above. Um, yeah, I think so because it was kind of this, I'll call it like a slow roll for me starting my business. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't know that's what was happening when right. I was, when I was starting to, um, connect with families. And at the time working just with college students. Now I've really expanded. I work with, um, I would say like half our students and half are like working professionals, young professionals, yeah. young professionals. Yeah. Even middle-aged professionals. Um, huh. yeah. Um, but yeah, starting the business I think was, um, was the challenge. So my, I didn't take any business classes, in college or in grad school either because yeah, that was not, that was not, I did not think I would be running a business. Um, and even to say that, like, I still don't feel like I'm running a business. There's a little <laughs> bit of imposter syndrome yeah, there. Of course. Um, like, yeah. So I think not knowing how to start a business, um, not knowing, not knowing what I didn't know. Um, and yeah. so, I was, I was, and still am very transparent with clients as I've, as I've been growing and, um, coming up with different systems. Like, I mean, even when I first started, I was like, how do I got, people would pay me with either check or Venmo. Right. Um, and so, um, being like, okay, well, I need a more legitimate payment system <laughs> yeah. if I'm going to be working with clients that are not you know, that are all on zoom at this point, although I hope to be in person again with people, um, in the future, but yeah, being able to figure out like, what are my systems? How do I, um, how do I, how do I build this business? How do I market? Um, and again, that's, that's still something that I'm constantly learning and, um, and reaching out to people to get guidance around. And, um, yeah, but I think the biggest challenge was not realizing that I was starting a business, um, (laughs) until until I was in it. Um, and then I think 
figuring out, figuring out what systems were going to work best for me. And again, because I'm not a, I don't think of myself as like a business minded person. Um, like I'm, I view myself as a coach who has to figure out how to run a business. Right. Most of us are probably that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, that's exciting and stressful at the same time. It can be both. Um, and so just being able to, to know what you don't know and ask for help and guidance and resources and, um, that transparency piece of, um, telling my clients, like I'm learning this too. Um, like just as you're working on your goals, I'm working on my goals. Um, so thank you for being patient as I learn a new scheduling app. (laughs) Yeah, that's a, no, that's a good point. I just started integrating Calendly into my workflow Mm -hmm. and I didn't have any scheduling software for almost like four years because it was just another thing I had to learn. Right. I, was like, I don't want to learn something else. I just, mm-hmm. I want to do this manually. It's fine. But ever since I started using it, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I believe I waited this long, but even in using it, I'm learning that there's different things that I should be doing to make it work better. Um, so I think that just goes to show that we're always learning. We're always changing the way that we do things. And like you said before, what works for you is not going to work for me because not only are we different people, but we're in different industries. The way that we interact with our clients is different. So if someone suggests something, you, you can try it, but you do not have to make everything that everyone does work. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's been one of the, one of my favorite things about bring clarity bootcamp was connecting with other women building businesses, um, and being able to kind of brainstorm what systems are you guys using? What's working for you? What's not working. Um, and then being able to kind of go and do my own research, figure out what's going to work for me. Um, even to have a sense of community around building a business like that. I did not realize how isolating it can feel at times when you're when you're navigating the business side of things, um, and trying to grow. And so you're very much for me, I was in a silo. Like I was just me trying to grow this business. Like my friends and family would ask about it and, you know, offer support and guidance and, um, which was very helpful. And I still lean on them a lot. Um, but to be able to talk with other people who are in a similar boat and to be able to not only get support and resources, but also, to be able to talk about some of the like struggles and challenges and yeah, and, commiserate. Uh, yeah commiserate <laughs> and know that you're not alone um, with that, with the, the challenges or um, also to celebrate the wins along the way. Yeah. I think that a sense of community um, for solopreneurs is so important. And I'm so, so glad, important. so, so glad that I found you and Brand Clarity Bootcamp. I'm so glad too. And I, for people who don't know much about the group, there's a Slack channel that we're mm-hmm. all a part of. And even like, I, like, I was very clear, like I'm the coach and I started this, but I'm not going to know everything. And I want everyone to be vocal about what they want and they need and what they use and what they do. And I think it was a month or two ago, Hannah, who's in the group too, was like, we should have a wins channel so we can celebrate each other's wins. And I was like, of course we should. But like, I didn't think of that at first, but it's, it's fun just to be in a a group of people and to hear what everyone else is doing and struggling with. Mm -hmm. And it just, 
it's so inspiring. It gets your brain thinking and you're like, oh my God, I should try something like that. It's, it's the best. It is the best. It is the best. Everyone should have that. If you run a business or you're, you're starting a business, or even if you don't realize you're starting a business, (laughs) join a community. (laughs) Yeah. Seek it out. You have to seek it out, unfortunately. But I do think there's more people now than when I started and probably when you started your business, there's more people who are doing these things. I think COVID kind of forced us all to be like, well, we should maybe do this even as a side hustle. See what happens. I think COVID, obviously there's lots of challenges and, and things with that, but I think there, one of the silver linings of COVID for me was being able to build my business and not again, like it was kind of this out there dream Um, but that it created a like platform for me to be able to, to launch this. Um, and yeah, yeah. And like be all in, um, which I don't know if I would have been if COVID hadn't shifted my, you know, professional trajectory. And, um, so definitely a silver lining and, um, I feel so fortunate to, to be able to connect with so many people. Agreed. I feel the same way. So I want to switch gears. Okay. These are what I call the fun questions, the random, okay. the weird. All right. If you were a car, what car would you be? <laughs> I I love these questions. I love hearing other people's answers to these questions. Same. I have such a hard time coming up with my own answers to this, but well, we can okay. work through it. No, no, I, I think I I have one. I have one. So initially I was thinking, I feel like I just would answer like my first car, which was a Honda Accord, Mm -hmm. um, a blue Honda Accord. Like, yeah. Um, but I was like, I don't know why I would be that other than that. That was my first, actually the blue one wasn't my first car. I had a tan car first, but Mm. the blue one stuck out in my mind, I guess. Interesting. Um, Maybe I like the color blue is one of my colors uh, that yeah. I use on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but I think my answer would be a converted camper van. Okay. Drastically different. So yes, drastically different <laughs> than a Honda Accord. Um, yeah, a camper van. Because well, one, I really want a camper van. Like I love the idea of van life and I hope mm-hmm. to one day do that. Um, that's inspirational for sure. I have been doing a lot of research on that, but I think if I were to do like the symbolism of a camper van, mm-hmm. um, I think that I'm somebody who likes adventure and likes change. And so mm-hmm. a camper van allows for you to kind of go out have some adventure, see different things, do different things, but is also like very prepared. It's a (laughs) home base. It is a home base. Yeah. Yeah. They're built out. They're all unique. Um, Maybe when you see one, well, I think most of the time when you see them, it's not clear that they're a converted van right away. So I feel like maybe that's when you see me, maybe you don't assume. Yeah. Make assumptions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So converted camper van. I like that. Yeah. I'm waiting. I've done what six or seven interviews so far, and I'm waiting for a repeat, but there hasn't been a repeat. No, yet. no repeat. No other, no other Honda Accords out there either. <laughs> not, no, not yet. <laughs> I love that answer though. And I love the thought that went into it. I appreciate it. <laughs> so when 
was the last time someone said, wow, that's so on brand for you or wow, that's so you. Do you have Mm. anything that comes to mind or generally speaking? I think in our Slack channel for Mm -hmm. Brand Clarity Bootcamp, sometimes I'll post things in there of like drafts of Instagram posts that I'm going to be posting. And I think I've gotten feedback from the crew on like, oh, this definitely looks like something that you would post. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, very clear, clearly yours. Um, So I think branding wise, I've been finding myself on on Instagram. Um, But I think I'm trying to think of like, that's so on brand for you. I I guess like in general, when, and I know I talked a lot about it here, but like when I'm talking about self-care, um, I think people are like, yeah, yeah. Like that makes sense. (laughs) Um, like that, that, that is something that, that is on brand. Um, and like tying it in with our work and school and goals and things like that. Like, I think that's my, my biggest like brand thing that I think people would look to is like, oh yeah, Sarah's talking about self-care again. (laughs) Yeah. So when I think of you, well, posts that make me think of you, you share this one person's posts. It's, is it Happy Co or the new Happy Co? Oh yeah. New Happy Co. I I always think of you because they're kind of they're like self-care focused, Mm -hmm. but they're also very like, they're creative, but in an organized, simple way. And I think that speaks to you so well. (laughs) They're yeah. So they're an Instagram account that has a massive following. And I think it's, I think it's the new happy. I think so too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they do these like just very simple, like line drawings about like basically working towards your goals and self-care self-acceptance and and growth yeah self-reflection their stuff I do share their stuff a lot um and yeah I their messaging is just so on point um yeah so if you don't if people listening don't already follow them highly recommend giving them a (laughs) follow and a plug plug (laughs) for this other Instagram account but I think the things that we share the of other people's is very telling of of who we are and what we Mm. support and our values and it's just as important and also it's better to share other people's stuff when it's it it is it like this is the message Right. You don't have to redo it or repurpose it. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And <laughs> their stuff it. is just so beautifully and simply put um, that when you see it, you're like, wow, like that, that is what I needed Amazing. today. Yeah. That's often it. It's like, that's what I needed to hear today. That's what I needed to see today. Um, and so right. even for myself, I'm like, yep, I'm going to share it because I needed it today. Yeah. So maybe somebody else did too. Exactly. Yeah. So I have two last questions. This one is tell me a childhood story that you think is totally on brand for you, or maybe if you don't have a story, a quality in your childhood that you're like, wow, that really makes sense. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, so I will preface this by saying as an adult, I still love dance and music. Like that Mm -hmm. is some of my self-care Um, and things that I find joy in. 
And so as a kid, um, I'm the oldest sibling. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. And as kids, we would coordinate these dance shows for, (laughs) (laughs) for our family. I definitely did this. And so we, sometimes they were like just impromptu, like, you know, at night we'd put on music and like have a little dance party in our, like we had this entryway in our house. That was kind of a natural (laughs) stage. Like someone could, you could be sitting at the kitchen table and look up the hallway and there was this like entryway. And so, (laughs) but I, anybody who works with me or knows me, because executive functioning is like what I help people with. That's oftentimes one of my strengths is planning, organizing, prioritizing. And so I would basically coordinate these dance shows. Like they would be at a specific time. There would be, (laughs) um, it would be like choreographed. Like we had a, um, like who was going to dance first, who was going to dance second. Oh, wow. It was if there was a production, it was a production. Um, if we were going to, if we were dancing together, it would be choreographed. And like, this was obviously like, this was like the nineties, early two thousand. Oh yeah. So you had to like, you had to have your songs pre-picked like for, you had to to press press the boom (laughs) box, make go to the track number for the right song. So it was just like very organized production. Yes. I was a delegator. I would like tell people what to do. I'm the same. Um, So, (laughs) but then like at the same time, it was something that I loved doing and my family loved doing. Um, And so it was like very well organized, but also just a ton of fun. And I think like that's the balance that I try to have in life of like things have a plan, but also going with the flow and doing things that make you happy. And um, yeah, yeah. Love so that. our childhood <laughs> dance productions, I think <laughs> it's pretty on brand. My friend and I growing up did the same thing and we had a name, we called it because her name was Caitlin, the mm-hmm. KK show. And we had like mm-hmm. outfits. It was Oh yeah, we crazy. We had costumes, costume oh, yeah. changes. Time oh, costume. <laughs> I was never a theater kid. I maybe I should have been. But. I know. I think back. I'm like, I would have loved to be in musicals. I don't know why I didn't do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> just in our entryway. <laughs> Heck yeah, I love yeah. that. So my last question is about humor. Mm. When I say the funniest thing you've ever witnessed, is there anything that comes to mind? Oh, the funniest thing I've ever witnessed. I I have a hard time with like absolutes of like this is the funniest yeah, yeah, thing yeah, I've ever. Anything, but yeah. okay, something. So when I think of like the funniest thing or something that really sticks out, it has to be something where you have that like uncontrollable <laughs> laughter where it's like so ugly, like the ugliest <laughs> form of laughter, like ugly yes. crying, like Agreed. just almost embarrassing. How how funny how like how much it's making you laugh um so I this is just a recent one camp it's for sure not the funniest but it's it sticks out I met up with um a group of friends from college we road tripped down to visit a friend who had moved to North Carolina this was like in May um this past May so it was our first time even like really seeing each other too with COVID and like um So we drove down to North Carolina and we 
didn't really have a plan. We were just going to like hang out, do some stuff. And they have the like rentable scooters that, you know, like some cities have. Okay. So um, there are five of us. No, there are six of us. There are six of us. And we are all dressed in dresses um, because we were going to go, we were going to go just like out to get dinner and and looking cute, doing stuff. (laughs) And someone sees the scooters and they're like, we should probably scooter. And so (laughs) like we're, I I love my friends. They're the best people ever. Um, And we look great. um, But we get on these scooters and I'll just, no one got hurt, but, um, but it's like May. So people are wearing, like some people are, we're all in dresses. I think we're all in dresses. A couple are wearing like maxi dresses all sandals, like just like not dressed for scooters. And (laughs) so we, we get, everybody gets a scooter and there's like an abandoned parking lot. And so what just sticks out to me in my mind is this group of six girls wearing (laughs) maxi dresses and flip-flops, like trying to scoot, learn how to ride these power scooters in the parking lot. And like, just one of the girls was like had a hard time with the like how hard to hit it yeah so yeah. she would yeah so she would like oh, no. go really fast slow down <laughs> go really fast slow down and like I it's like not that funny of a story like for other people to hear but I was just laughing so hard we're out in public like, right people are just watching this like us this group of six girls in dresses in their like 30s scooting around an abandoned parking lot and once everybody felt like secure enough then we like ventured to a restaurant parked the scooters and I was like okay I'm sure like we're not not everybody's the adventurous you know type I was like okay, I'm sure people are done we've hit our max on scootering right. no nope. they wanted to <laughs> so we finished the restaurant people are like let's scoot to the next place and scoot (laughs) right let's (laughs) scoot and so we somebody I don't even know whoever was in the front had the GPS going of like how to get to where dangerous right (laughs) and like so we're scooting in traffic like they like I don't know how these are legal Um, (laughs) I know I do wonder that I'm like oh no (laughs) yeah like because you're in the bike lane but also so that was the other thing is like bikes are going past us cars are going past us and I mean nobody got hurt but it was just one of those things it's I was just laughing so hard the entire time at like how ridiculous we were and just if it was like one or two people maybe we wouldn't have been such a spectacle yeah but but it was a group group of just (laughs) scooting in a parking lot and then scooting around town and yeah that is one of my recent really funny just sounds fun oh my gosh yeah that like ugly laughter (laughs) (laughs) yeah that ugly laughter only comes with like the best of friends yeah and they're friends from college and I realized the other day actually I've known them for 12 years which just is insane to me it is insane to me it's my head it does it (laughs) it makes me I was like that math can't be right I can't I can't be that old I'm bad at math but that can't be right (laughs) right yeah no 12 if uh, the ones that I met freshman year of college I've known for 12 years yeah that is 
crazy. We're growing up and yeah. we're starting businesses. Look, oh, at, look at that. I know. I know. <laughs> Slow rolling into businesses. Slow rolling into businesses. Yeah. No, I love too that we connected because we went to the same college. We did. Go Gulls. And yeah, great day to be a Gull. <laughs> and and we didn't really cross paths that much. Like I mean, mm. we, every once in a while I would see you, but um, and our yeah, and like I knew friends. some of your friends. You probably yeah. knew some of my friends. Scooter, the never... Scooter girls were some of your friends. <laughs> We would have been such good friends had we known each other. I know if if our paths had crossed more, but no, I'm so glad that we connected. Me too. Through Instagram. Thanks. I know of all things. I love it. You can't, can't live with, with it. Can't live without it. I know. Just take (laughs) everyone should take mental health breaks from it. That's the biggest thing. Unplug for a day or a a, As the TLDR. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So we're wrapping up, but before... We say bye. I want to make sure that mm. you promote anything that you want to, and also tell people how they can find you. And I will put everything in the notes, so you don't have to like spell anything out or anything. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So if people are curious about what I do, if you're curious about coaching for yourself or for someone else, um, you can follow me on Instagram, which is Executive Functioning First. Um, my website is myacecoach.com. Um, and I work with all sorts of clients, um, as I've said. So if you're curious about what executive function coaching is, and if it's the right fit for you, um, you can connect with me on either of those platforms. And I do a free 30 minute call, um, to chat and see if working together is the right fit. Um, my coaching is flexible. There's no like bundles or like, you don't have to sign on <laughs> three because, month commitment, right? No, no there's no that's commitment. Good. Yeah. I think it's for me, that's my coaching style is like the fit needs to be there. So yeah. I've had some clients work with me for a couple of sessions, take what they need. And that's that I've had other people that I've worked with for years. Um, so it depends on, on what people are looking for. Um, it's really flexible, um, nice. very individualized. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's my coaching that's going on. Um, and then hopefully in the future, I'm hoping to offer some group work or courses, some more collaborative work. Yeah. I'm feeling really inspired by being a, being a member of your bootcamp. And, um, so that has been super helpful for me and I could see how there could be some group coaching components for the work that I do. Yeah. Mm. And then I'm also hoping in the near future, um, to offer some like more pop-in style coaching where it's Mm. like, if you don't want to work long, like longer term, but like you have something very specific that you want to work on, um, like that day, like creating a plan for like a specific period of time. Oh, cool. Um, but that's something that I'm in the works on creating. So lots of different ways to connect. Um, and yeah, I love meeting new people. So I feel like if you're not sure, still reach out. We can chat and see if it's the right fit. Yeah. And give her a follow. Her content is super helpful. I love the self-care reminders, the boundary reminders, something that I have put a huge focus on for myself this year. Mm -hmm. So definitely give her a follow. And thanks so much, Sarah, for being on my podcast. Thank you, Kristen. This was so fun. Awesome. Well, be sure to connect with Sarah and I will, I always say I'll see you all next week, but you'll hear me next week.
All right, bye. Bye.